The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. All right. Here we go. Here we go what? We're pre-showing. Are we and live? look at this. Watch this. Watch. Watch. Pre-show graphic. Oh. <laughs> With a uh, blank. Cause we, I like it. We don't know. Here's the. Uh, on the pre-show. There's stuff. Hi, guys. Pre-show so, tip. Shahan came in here. Let me just blow up Shahan J. Rogers' spot <laughs> here for a moment. Shahan J. Rogers, our college football insider, came in here and recorded Republican football yesterday, which is great. I'm glad he's doing that. That's part of his job description, right? It leaves his stuff all over the place. The podcast recorder is, like, tangled in all the <laughs> wires. My God, dude. Call him out. (laughs) Blow up his spot. Expose him! Um, (laughs) uh, Right now, we've got in the house, Meese is here, Rob Hadaway, Nicholas Morton, Allison Brown. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm cleaning this stuff up. Meese said again, the pre-show before the free show. The pre-show before the free show is, is I would say, between that and then Tony Blaylock said the babble before the rabble. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, those are the two that I would say are in the lead. So if you want to name our pre-show, <laughs> um, ask, tell us in the comments. Um, we, will, we will get to that. Uh, um, Simon Mann said, he commented and said, uh, miss pre-show once, shame on you. Miss it twice, shame on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, True it, enough. it becomes your fault Don't, after yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So, we're, yeah, we're going to start. We're going to tinker with this. We're going to do this. We were also talking. We were having a conversation. You weren't in there um, because you were in here preparing for the show. Because I was working, putting in work. <laughs> Scare quotes. Um, we were uh, talking about our state championship coverage. We're going to have playoff coverage on the site at TexasFootball.com uh, coming up this weekend. But then we were talking about our state championship coverage because we have a lot of stuff coming for the state championships. Mm-hmm. Um, we got big ideas. One of them is going to be a TFT meetup, going to be a subscriber meetup. Woohoo. Or we might feed you guys breakfast. Ooh. Do I get breakfast? That's the real question. Well, you got to pay. They don't. Well, we'll lucky it. y'all. We'll take it out of your pay. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and then, actually, there's still things tangled. God bless it. Still think tangled. Anyway, I, I can give like a two shot of you untangling this. Go for That's it. even fine. better. Um, it's just so tangled. Um, but we. Uh, oh, so we're thinking about doing that. Having a. Uh, having oh, you a, couldn't a, even hear a, me. A, a breakfast. You probably did that on purpose. Well, actually, you know what? That <laughs> is a good idea. Suddenly, the show not- <laughs> becomes like a lot more. <laughs> to not have to listen to me. Boy, this. Mm, you unplug these headphones, and suddenly, uh, no. The um, but we will. Uh, we're, we're we're working on that. Getting the details up for that. Uh, let us know if you'd be down for breakfast. It'll probably be like the Saturday of the morning of state championships. And then I'm also, I'm going to straight up just call them out. Um, I'll probably ask my Fox colleagues to stop by too and see if they want breakfast. Oh. So, that, so that, you know, look, we should have some actual star power there. Right. Yeah. Like, no, of absolutely. course, like, here's the thing. People are going to show up to see Ishmael Johnson. Okay. Oh, people yeah. are going to show the West up. West African Prince. Yeah. People are going to show up to see Greg Powers. Okay. Yeah. World famous guys. We need a little bit more star power, right? Yeah, and then there's like there's that. us, just scrubs. nobody. No one wants. Literally, to see nobody wants to see us. This. Nobody is going to be there to see mm-hmm. us. They're going to be there for like scrambled eggs and Greg Powers. Oh, Meese wants to know what kind of breakfast we're talking here. See, that's the important oh, questions. Yeah. Well, well, now you guys are talking to somebody, and and I think we this is one of the rare moments where we agree, um, Ashley, where Ooh. you and I are big both statement. big fans of breakfast, right? Yeah. Breakfast oh, foods. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hashtag team breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Oh, man. All yeah. All the time. We used to do that all the time. 
breakfast dinner is great. Um, and a small note about my son. A small note about yeah. my small son. <laughs> um, we had, so he's starting to do like solid foods now. He's got some teeth, stuff like that. Oh, nice. And one of the things we're doing, uh, but you still have to do soft foods because yeah. they're not good they're at not, chewing. No. You gotta um, learn. But we've done some scrambled eggs recently, oh, okay. and he loves them. I and saw I'm your like, picture on Twitter. And I'm like, that's my son. So proud of him. <laughs> so proud. So proud. We went out to eat yesterday, and I had uh, breakfast enchiladas for the first that's time. That's right. Those were to die for. Yeah, Very we went, good. Yeah, we went out and had breakfast for lunch. Breakfast for every meal is what I'm saying. I'm here for it. Um, if you have a name for the pre-show, let us know in the comments, um, and we'd be happy to uh, to, to uh, add you to the list. Um, we're going to decide. We'll probably decide at some like. Maybe next Wednesday. Yeah. That seems like a good arbitrary date <laughs> to throw out there. Just a random random Wednesday. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, and, yeah. Um, anything else we need to knock out on the pre-show? Uh, yeah, how long till Hank tries uh, Lockhart barbecue? Uh, look. <laughs> that that uh, brisket's tender, man. <laughs> My dude is... he's He has... There's only a few things he doesn't like at this point, which is, again, very proud of my son. Um... He he eats he eats pretty well, um, but yeah. You know what's weird is that now because so he was born December third. Um, I'm always going to associate like the playoffs and the state championships with like his birthday. <laughs> it's gonna be like it's like all of my favorite things coming together. They're, yeah, it's like Aww. high school football playoffs. What a dad moment! And my kid. Um, although yesterday, <laughs> does, wait, does high school football playoffs go above your kid in that order? They are one A and one B. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, please stop listening, honey. Um, <laughs> but the, the, it's, it's just going to be, it, it'll be very odd to like always associate those two. They'll, they'll always be kind of inextricably tied. Cause like I had to take a week off and TFT years remember maybe, yeah. um, I know I do. Uh, I had to, <laughs> I had to take like a week off, um, because of, because of kid. And um, that was that was wild. Was taking a week off during football, like during like the heart of football season. Yeah, because there's so much going on. There's like shrapnel flying and stuff like that. But uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, First birthday's exciting. I think that's That'll be yeah. Fun. We'll see. I don't know. He's gonna have a he's gonna have a birthday. So um, we'll see. Nice. He's 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 made the. It's more of a celebration for like the adults that you've made like, it the full it's yeah. Like, it gets it gets life. better after that for sure. Life. All right, Ashley, hit the theme expo. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet with the wind howling outside. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local, mediocre internet show. 
I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm. Two shows in a row you made it. Good job, Ashley Pickle. It's a it's a new record. It's oh it's we're on a we're on a we're heater. on a hot streak. It's it's heater. almost like you know having a record first four through the door. But I I legitimately am one of the first ones through the actual door. And speaking <laughs> speaking of which, here's Ashley Pickles first four through the door. There we go. All right, we've got um, Patrick Abraham, Tim Sparkman, Ruben Rios, and hang on. Uh oh. Um, where did it go? Uh oh. Oh no! Oh, John, John Chapa. He said, uh, "Howdy, y'all! Darn it, I missed the pre-show. Can't miss the pre-show. Can't miss the pre-show, guys. That's not. I mean, you still got first four through the door, which is, which is, you know, commendable. Good. But that pre-show. It's, Pre-show's uh, the new hotness, guys. It's, it's quality. People love the pre-show. Uh, today is Thursday, November seventh, two thousand and nineteen. Twenty-one days until Thanksgiving. Ooh. Three weeks from today." Um, episode 853. 853, that's Bobby Bonds' OPS in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. He played for the Rangers in 1978, if you're interested in that. How Bobby exciting. Bonds, of course, the father of Stocks and Bonds. That is a, that's a fact. That's not true. He's the father of Barry <laughs> Bonds. Um, on today's show, guys, we're going an hour. We'll do it live. Epic, we'll do it live. we got Thursday games to watch. Big Thursday slate across the state of Texas. On this, the final Thursday night of the regular season. The final Thursday night of the regular season. In fact, a week from today, we'll be talking about the opening playoff games. And 41 days from today, state championships. We'll have kicked off 41 days. It's actually now less than 41 days. 40 days and 23 hours. Oh, my. We'll kick off the state championship games at AT&T Stadium. Uh, so we'll have that. We'll have Thursday thoughts. And then yesterday we had a great conversation with former Dallas Cowboy and Super Bowl champion Jay Saldi, who's written a new book. Uh, we had a great conversation with him. Uh, if you've ever wanted to hear from a Super Bowl champion, you're in luck. We've got one on the show today. We'll hear from Jay Saldi coming up here uh, in a little bit. Back half of the show, we've got the picks, my high school football predictions uh, for week 11, the final week of the regular season uh, in Texas high school football. We'll close it all out. Shahan J. Raja will join us, an actual college football expert for free money. We'll get to that coming up here at the back half of the program. Oh, we got a we got a really important comment here. Oh, uh, my, oh my gosh. Yeah, Tim Sparkman, in all caps, said, yes, yes, y'all, again, finally, first ever, first four through the hey door. Now. Big pat on the wow. back for Tim. We you did get it. two shout-outs today. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Good job, everybody. All right. So um, let's get to some Thursday games across the state of Texas. It is, of course, the... Uh, final week of the regular season, and I, I mentioned in the picks video, but there's some. It's like 513 Texas high school football teams uh, will be done after this weekend. It'll be done. It is the largest elimination period. And by the way, one of my favorite facts that I think people don't think about when you talk about the Texas high school football playoffs: the first round next week, the first round of the Texas high school football playoffs, is the largest elimination round of any tournament. Anywhere in the world, oh. if you think about that, three hundred. Yeah. It's like three hundred fifty-two teams go home. That's crazy. Yes, I did. I, yeah, I guess I never really put that into perspective. It's huge. Like That's when you have time. that many, you have three hundred fifty-two win or go home games. Yeah, that is insane. And uh, that makes our job a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I need to talk to you about what the picks are going to look like next week because I don't know if you know this. I pick every game. I don't know whether to believe you or not. Do you actually? 
Hey, let them know in the co- let her know in the comments, guys. <laughs> let her know if I pick every game in the first round of the playoffs. Well, and then we've got actually, more videos coming on Monday too. I will be up for for twenty four hours on Monday. There is will, no doubt you about will it. Be, you yeah, we're gonna get our money's worth. Anyway, uh, let's get to <laughs> some uh, Thursday Thursday games. Games across the state. Uh, we start in the Austin area. Um, District thirteen six A is, to put it lightly, a Charlie Foxtrot. Okay. A Charlie Foxtrot, if you know what I'm talking about. It's a cluster. Mm. <laughs> Insert word. Um, and we will start to sort it out tonight when Vista Ridge, uh, Cedar Park Vista Ridge takes on Round Rock. This is a huge, huge game. Um, Vista Ridge, I believe, is in. But Round Rock needs to win to force a crazy tiebreaker scenario. I believe things get a little bit easier and a little bit easier to understand if... Um, if if Vista Ridge wins this game, but Craig Way, this is one hundred percent true. Craig Way, the goat, spent an entire segment, like fifteen minutes, just running through the tiebreaker scenarios in this in this district. It is wild. We will start to get another data point, get a little bit of clarity here uh, with Vista Ridge and Round Rock tonight. Uh, the the guys to watch here uh, would be Colin Sullivan, the outstanding uh, wide receiver there for for Round Rock, uh, taking on uh, you know taking on what has been a very good Vista Ridge defense all year. And by the way, Kyle Brown for the Rangers has been unbelievable. So there's that. Up in the uh, Little Southwest Conference is another big game. Wolforth Friendship takes on Amarillo Tascosa. Uh, there's a seeding matchup on the line here. Uh, the winner is uh, the top seed in the Division Two bracket, and the, that means the loser. And this is uh, like you want you you want actual implications. Here's an actual implication: it's friendship and Tascosa in the playoffs, playing for seeding. The winner gets to host a home game, and the loser goes to El Paso. Okay, <laughs> okay, that is yeah. that is what's on the line here. Okay, the loser is driving to El Paso next week to take on a who's going to be the D two D one seed District One. I should probably have that up. Um, of District 1. They will be going on the road to take on... Ba, 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 ba. Is that Americas? No, it'll probably be... No. You know what? It's going to be Americas. That's a do not want. Yeah. You don't want to play Aaron no, Dumas in the first round. Uh, on the road in El Paso. So, a lot on the line tonight with Wolfer Friendship taking on uh, Amarillo Tesco. Uh, Arlington... There's, there's a, a, a duo of games in Arlington ISD. That are huge. And and I'm starting to figure out... So it's Arlington Martin taking on Arlington Bowie. And it is Arlington Lamar taking on Arlington. And all four teams are in. They know. But Martin can win the district title outright with a win. Um, they will be the top D1 seed no matter what. Uh, but Bowie and I believe the Lamar and Arlington game has some D2 seeding on the line here in this one. Um, what I've started to figure out about that district is that... I think all those teams are really pretty evenly matched. I still think Arlington Martin's probably the best of the bunch. But if Bowie beats Arlington Martin, then then tonight that would only solidify for me that that is just that's a really evenly matched district at the top. Uh, I, you saw Arlington Martin earlier this year, right? Yes. Yes. Sorry, I was okay. deep into the Facebook that's comments. Fine. Yes. That's fine. I did see Arlington Martin uh, twice, actually. Yeah. So big game tonight. B- two big games out there in Arlington uh, if the weather cooperates. Loretto United and Loretto Alexander down there in the Loretto area. The battle for second place in District 9-6-A, or 29-6A. Um, United, last week, we didn't really mention it, but their loss to the United South last week was like a, huh? That was a weird, weird, weird um, loss for them. They need to bounce back. Alexander is on a two-game heater right now. Um, 
but we we won't. This is the this is the preamble to the big matchup that'll determine a lot more when Eagle Pass and Del Rio play. Uh, that will decide seeding and stuff like that. There's there's this is obviously an important game. Second place is on the line, and you can do you know you you want to finish as high as possible. Period. Mm-hmm. But. That Del Rio Eagle Pass game will have a lot more to say about who goes where. So there's that. Big game down there in Corpus Christi, or Odom rather. Odom hosts Corpus Christi London uh, for the district title in District 13, uh, 16-3A Division 2. Um, that one's in the picks. And Yes, it is. And there that. are, uh, these are two teams on hot streaks. Odom's won six in a row. Corpus Christi London's run five in a row. Winner gets a district title. Uh, that's a fun game. That is, that's what, like your dream matchup. Why? <laughs> why? Like, I don't need to talk you into that game. The no. district title's on the line there. Um, other games around the state. Uh, Dallas Carter takes on Carrollton Ranchview. Dallas Carter can pick up a, uh, to clinch a district, uh, uh, rather a playoff spot with a win. They could still get in if they lose, but take care of your own business. Uh, Ranchview is, um, Ranchview, um, a uh, Ranchview win would make things really interesting. It'll be Carter, Wilmer, Hutchins, and Hillcrest tied for a playoff spot. That will get really messy. Um, oh, uh, we had. Do you remember we had Joseph Turner on the show on Monday? I sure do. The head coach at Fort Worth Northside. That is an actual fact. They play tonight, uh, District Five uh, in in District Four, Five A Division Two. They are playing uh, for a uh, at least a share of the district championship. Right. They have not won a district championship since 1979. And they hadn't. I mean, in the playoffs too. Since yeah, that was the last time. Yeah. That was the last time. They're already in the playoffs. North Fourth Northside is in the playoffs. They take on Justin Northwest. Justin North, Northwest is in my mind the best team in that district. Mm-hmm. But Northside surprised us before. And talking with Joseph Turner on on Monday, he seemed to indicate he's like, look, it's going to be the best team we've played. But you know what? Are they home or Bring away? It. This game is in Justin, I believe. Okay. So that it's makes at it a Northwest. little bit yeah, it's tougher. More difficult. Uh, but nice should be a fun matchup. Good to see the Steers back uh, back playing important and no meaningful doubt. games. You know, there's like a no chance I can talk my wife into going that game, right? Are you kidding me, dude? It's miserable outside today. That's the problem. Like if it was if it was nice outside, maybe. Yeah. Um, I like. I just. I kind of like to see Northside. You know, yeah. Northwest is fun too. Northwest has some some dudes. Uh, their quarterback, up Austin Amat, has been unbelievable. But um, they, I, I don't know. It's kind of like anyway. There's that. Uh, another game. Uh, Red Oak can clinch a district championship, outright district championship, with a win tonight over Seagaville. Seagaville's dangerous. Uh, the Dragons have some some weapons that that you need to make sure you are uh, you you keep an eye on. But uh, I would say that that game's certainly a game to keep an eye on. Um, and then, by the way, something that this is crazy. Two ga- one game that, that Jay Plotkin did not mention in his article. Maybe it's just because it's obvious. Um, Cedar Hill and DeSoto's tonight. Ah, yes. We talked about that one yesterday. That's a pretty while. big game. That, it's a pretty large game. <laughs> Decent um, No real playoff implications because they go different different places. But, you know. That's probably why. That's probably part of it. Yeah, like but every time, other one was like for the it's championship. Always, it's always a big game. The one thing for me, and, and the reason I don't go to this game anymore Man, it is just there's media from all over there, and it's like it's such a cr- media crush there. And beyond that, it's also miserable outside. Yeah. And I can watch it online because I believe WFAA.com is going to have it. So WFAA.com, we can plug our friends over there at WFAA. Uh, and then again down in Houston, Fort Bend Hightower and Fort Bend uh, Richmond Foster uh, go at it at seven o'clock. This is on uh, Texan Live tonight. Um, they both plunge, punch their playoff tickets. Uh, and so the winner will get the third seed, and the loser will get the fourth seed. And so fundamentally, 
If you're asking, okay, well, well, that's nice, but what does that actually mean? That means that the winner of this game will, will play the loser of New Caney and New Caney Porter, mm. which is in my picks video, so I won't spoil it, it but um, they'll, play, they'll play that. The loser will play the winner of that game, the district champion. Uh, that is a lot on the line. So you want to improve your seat, improve your seating as much as possible. So um, anyway, check out Jay Plotkin's Thursday viewing guide on TexasFootball.com. No college action this week on Thursday, which is all fine by me. There's a lot of big college, uh, high school football games that I'm interested in. So yeah. uh, make sure you check that out. TexasFootball.com has Jay Plotkin's Thursday viewing guide. You do not want to miss that. Yeah, perfect. Uh, one thing to clarify real fast, too, just going back to the uh, earlier part of this show. Mm -hmm. So I know I know our man Rob is not the only one who's confused about this. When we did the pre-show, we did start, like, saying all the different names. That's just welcoming people in, just uh, giving you a shout-out and stuff. So here's the thing. now that we And we mentioned this yesterday. Now that we do the pre-show, yeah. first four through the door is going to be basically at Ashley Pickle's discretion. And I, so... Yeah. I just say, knowing Ashley Pickle the way that I do, she can be bought. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Mm hmm What are your favorite things? My favorite things? So, um, like, if somebody... What's your favorite candy? I don't really like sweets. We've been over that. Yeah, that's right. You You're a psychopath. Pick, yeah, I kind, yeah. Um, you can pick something better than that. Send her... Like, coffee? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Beer. Come I up. like beer. <laughs> Send Ashley Pickle beer, and you will get you will on get first fourth through, through the door. She can 100% be bought. Anyway. Hand out my Venmo on that yes. one. But, yeah, we... Uh, <laughs> Put out your Venmo and be like, here you go, this is for... This is, <laughs> this for, is for all the, the beer entries for, for first shiner. fourth through yeah. the door. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, there is all of that. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Please consider becoming Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. It's our subscription package. Uh, we have our 5A mockery alignment up for insiders. So if you're interested in seeing where your team may be uh, redistricted, check TexasFootball.com slash Insider. Uh, we had somebody. Did you see the the awesome tweet somebody sent out yesterday? Yes, the wine one. I'm gonna read this one it was directly. So good. It's, <laughs> it's too good. It's too good not to read directly. Um, this was from. This I gotta go back to last night. I'm rolling through. Um, yeah, here we go. Uh, I don't know if he. I don't know if he wants to be identified. So I don't. I won't. Oh, his name. <laughs> but you can <laughs> find it. <laughs> Quote. Let's be real. I'm tipsy off wine, but y'all at DCTF. <laughs> Have it going on best high school football coverage in the nation. Glad I'm a subscriber. And lastly, go Beville Trojans. That's just phenomenal. That's Did just a good tweet. That's just plain and simple. It's a so good tweet. Did you see what Will, our our goat of a social media guy, tweeted back? Like he quote tweeted it. Oh, and, with the uh, with the gif of the yeah, wine. Yeah, it was wine, and it was like more, pour more, please. So anyway, uh, fire fire get, tweets all around. Get tipsy on wine <laughs> and become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. TexasFootball.com/slash/insider. Yesterday, we had the great opportunity to chat with uh, a an author, and more notably, I would say, a guy who is a uh, Super Bowl champion. Uh, Jay Saldi was a tight end on those 70s teams uh, with Roger Staubach uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, and then later played with the Chicago Bears. Had a great conversation with him. He's the author of a new book, Constitution. Here's our conversation with Jay Saldi here on Texas Football Today. You know, every year there's a lot of books that come out about football, but the things that always drive me uh, towards uh, the, the book stand to, to pick it up are ones that are written by guys who, who play the game at the highest level, and we're happy to be joined uh, by one of those guys. 
the author of the new book Constitution, uh, and a guy who uh, is a Super Bowl champion, former Dallas Cowboy and Chicago Bear. We are joined uh, by Jay Saldi on the phone. Mr. Saldi, really appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate the invite, and let me make something clear that I was the co-author, and uh, Tim Imholt was the author because of his uh, publishing and writing skills as compared to mine. That's, that's always very important. As as a writer myself, uh, I, I certainly appreciate uh, that. Can, can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to, to write this book? Well, unfortunately, um, back on July 3rd, 2009, uh, my youngest son was um, in an accident, and I've been dealing with brain trauma recovery ever since. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at the treatments and looked at the assessments and all the different doctors and all the different rehab centers, it really brought back a lot of stuff that I went through with my concussions aspect. Um, I had three concussions that they qualify concussions if you spend the night in the hospital overnight. And I had three of those and no telling how many others I had that they just said, Oh, you just got your bell rung, go get some Gatorade and get Mm -hmm. back out there. So, uh, dealing with my son's rehab made me more aware of what's going on. One of the biggest things that I've been able to come out with is that you cannot cookie cutter rehab for brain trauma. It has to be individualized for the person that's needing. And that comes down to diets that comes down to medicines and stuff like that. Um, it's just been a big challenge, and what happened was with Tim, my um, my business partner, he is a Special Forces Green Beret, and he also worked for the government uh, for protective helmets. So we kind of fit together, and that's how we came up with the book Constitution. Welcome to football. It's 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 a remarkable uh, remarkable book that I think is is really going to uh, uh, kind of open some eyes. You know, one thing I think is is interesting uh, is you know obviously with the concussion uh, conversation that goes on uh, surrounding football, uh, there's there's a lot of different sides to it. There's a lot of different arguments to, uh, to be made. But but you make the argument as somebody who played the game and, and you you say had three concussions yourself that when you look at the NFL, you, you say that the game has never been safer. Right now, uh, it, they've gotten a lot better uh, with the equipment aspect and also the head targeting and other things like that. Uh, one of the biggest challenges that changed the game was when they were more concerned about the landscaping people putting in that AstroTurf compared to grass. Uh, the grass thing was a lot more user-friendly compared to what the artificial turf was. And even now, uh, the game's completely changed because you've got guys now that are over 300 pounds running four eight forties and the velocity of collisions are a lot harder, but also a lot bigger. So I just think that between the AstroTurf and being able to have these larger guys and larger collisions, it's adding a lot more. But the league has gotten a lot better, not only just the league, but also in college, high school, and all the way down to youth sports. I think it's gotten a lot better because of the awareness of things like my book and also awareness that's going on right now uh, as far as how media covers everything these days, but the media being able to get into the concussion deal, uh, you're able to see a lot more awareness and a lot more availability information. We're talking with former NFL tight end and author of Constitution, uh, co-author of Constitution, Jay Saldi here on Texas Football Today. Get involved with the conversation at hashtag TF Today. You know, there's a lot of big names that you guys talk to in the book, and I certainly want to ask you about those. But but one guy that I think is is most uh, interesting in, in your book is maybe not the biggest name that you guys talk to. It's Coach Bob Ward. Uh, coach Bob Ward was the first conditioning coach uh, to be employed by an NFL team, uh, and he certainly has a, a very uh, a very interesting and I think a, a unique perspective on this. Uh, can you give people a preview of, of what Coach Ward had to say for uh, for your for your book. Yeah, Bob is uh, one of the main reasons that I was able to be successful in the league. 
Um, he helped me. He was ahead of the curve, always been since day one. We both started in 76 with the Cowboys, and his guiding light for me gave me the best opportunity to make the team, and I was able to do that because if you look at my accountability, my, my position coach was Mike Ditka, and then my head coach was Tom Landry. Those are two guys to be accountable to who were very challenging. But Bob brought up a lot of things as far as being able to he brought up things about diets and also things about how to rehab aspect of it. You know, you can't have the rehab same for one guy to another. It has to be individualized. And that was one of the biggest things that he pointed out in the book as far as talking to him. But also he's a big fan about diets, vitamins, and also making sure that you're getting sleep and stuff like that. It was basic stuff, but coming from Bob, it's the best. It's the best. Uh, and then, of course, there. I think the people that that pe- whose name people will recognize, uh, guys like uh, Roger Staubach, uh, guys like Randy White, guys like Jim McMahon uh, that you talk to for the book. You know, the, the thing that I've I've found in talking with former players is that they all uh, they all come from their own unique perspective. I think a lot of fans and I think a lot of media members maybe think of, of football players as all being the same. They all kind of think the same way. They all do the same thing. These guys have their own opinions. They have their own thoughts on, on the matter. Uh, I, I'm I'm interested maybe what you learned. Talk- Talking with these guys whose names we know, whose names we've seen in the lights, uh, but talking to them about this this uh, particular topic, uh, what what did you learn uh, in talking with those guys? Well, Roger, coming from a military background, him and Tim hit it off pretty good because they both have uh, they're both veterans. And Roger talking about his concussions that he had and the equipment that he had back then, it wasn't as good as what's out there today for his grandkids and stuff like that. But right now. What he was talking about was how the equipment has changed, but also how, how much bigger the guys have gotten. Jim McMahon, uh, he brought up a very unique point because one of the things that there were incentives, there wasn't a lot of money guaranteed in contracts back then, but there were incentives based on times that you play, the time, the amount of time that you play. And for, in order for him to get an extra 20,000 or whatever it is, the, the, the incentive clause was he'd have to stay out on the field. So if he got hurt, I'll give you an example. There was one time at halftime he comes in and he's got a lacerated kidney and he says, don't tell anybody because I need to get back out there so I can get my bonus. So what he would do is he would take some pills and go out there and not tell anybody, but eventually they did pull him out of the game, took him to the emergency room, and he had surgery on it. But I, I think one of, the, one of the guys that was very detailed about it was uh, Randy White. Um, with him being such a great, great def- one of the best if not the best defensive tackle ever play the game his aggressiveness and he really liked the astroturf because he said it gave him an advantage of being faster going against bigger uh, offensive people offensive guards and tackles and stuff like that but he liked the turf which was kind of surprising to me because i i didn't like the turf and because i had back when i was at south carolina they installed astroturf my my freshman year uh, in spring ball, we had 17 guys that tore their ACLs on that new turf. I've never been a big fan of that 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 stuff, but Randy brought up some good points on it. Also talked to Howard Richards and you know a couple other guys also. Uh, and finally, you know, I'm, I'm I'm always interested whenever we get the opportunity to talk with a guy who played uh, like you did. You played for seven years in the NFL, uh, most with the Cowboys and then with the Bears. Um, you won a Super Bowl there in 1977. When you look back on your career, uh, is there one one game that that stands out as as the, the memory that you that you always remember? Um, my claim to fame, and I was nine years, by the way, seven in Dallas, yes. actually two in Chicago. Uh, my claim to fame, and I have the ball to this day, is I caught Roger Staubach, also known as Captain America's last touchdown pass against the Rams. 
But yeah, that's uh, that's probably a ball that uh, probably in a, in a case, right? Somewhere, somewhere you keep keep a little safe. Yeah, I do, and uh, I was going to give that to him, but I'm just waiting for the right time. <laughs> he is uh, he is uh, Jay Saldi. He's the uh, he is the co-author of Constitution. Welcome to Football, a new book uh, available on Amazon. Uh, make sure you you check it out. There is there any uh, where else can other people get the book? Well, Amazon would be the best place. There are a couple of bookstores that do have it. But right now, the best place would be for uh, the Amazon.com, just like everything else, because Amazon is really <laughs> creating their own world and killing the retail market. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is uh, Jay Saldi, a former NFL tight end and uh, author, co-author of Concustitution. Welcome to football. Mr. Saldi, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again uh, on the book, and uh, best of luck down the road. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And once again, uh, Dave Campbell's a great book. I've always had their book. Um, it's amazing the lights that they put on high school football. And if you look at what it is right now, uh, Dave has always been ahead of the curve, and I really appreciate this opportunity. There he is, Jay Saldi, the former Dallas Cowboy and Chicago Bear, the author of Constitution. Uh, if you have, if you interested in a good book, looking for a good read these days, go pick that up. It's on Amazon. Uh, best way you can get it. Uh, he yeah. he threw in that thing about he was like, um, <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting. He was like, yeah, you know, brick and mortar stores. I'm like, buddy, yeah, you are preaching to the, the choir. choir. <laughs> the uh, I know on uh, on the Texas Football Today like site part yeah. of it. Um, I linked the I hyperlinked it to the Amazon page with nice. the book. So if you're interested in that book, yeah. it seems like a very good book. Go uh, go click on the link. Go check it out. I already set it up for you. So there you go. We're Texas Football Today. We're here for a weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. I keep glancing up. We have a um, we have a clock here in the studio that kind of keeps me on time, or tries to. Uh, <laughs> and we have not reset it from uh, Daylight Savings. And so it says that it's one uh, thirty yeah. right now, or one twenty eight. Um, it does. And here's the <laughs> issue. <laughs> Do we just wait until daylight savings rolls around? <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, anyway. It also says that it's 66 degrees in here. It's too cold. That's why it's hoodie season. Yeah, that's fair. It's the final week of the regular season in Texas high school football. There are large games all across the state. I had the courage to predict some of them. Yeah. Here are the picks for week <laughs> 11 of the Texas high school bowl season here on Texas football today. The final week of the Texas high school football regular season, it's the biggest week yet. These are the picks. Welcome to the picks presented by Visit Arlington, your guide to Texas high school football weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and here we are. We're at the final week of the Texas high school football season, week 11. And for a lot of teams, this is the end. 513 UIL Texas high school football teams will hang up the pads on Sunday. Uh, the season will be over for them, and we will be on to the Texas high school football playoffs, one of the great spectacles in all of sports. Still a lot to decide, though. Uh, in fact, there's district championships on the line, there's seeding on the line, there's who gets in, there's who gets out. For many teams, the playoffs start this week. We start in Birdville. 7 o'clock Thursday at the Birdville Fine Arts and Athletic Complex. It is a 5A clash between the Birdville Hawks and the Denton Ryan Raiders. What are the keys of this matchup? Well, key number one, Birdville's offensive balance. 
Ladarius Mixon, the star running back for Birdville, has been a little bit nicked up this year, hasn't played a whole lot, and in his stead, quarterback Stone Earl has really stepped up in a big way. A guy who impressed us last year has been even more impressive this year. I think he's grown as a signal caller, and the good news for Lon Holbrook's Hawks is that now Ladarius Mixon is back, and this offense looks like it's taken on a new dimension of danger. This team has a lot of offensive balance. Can they establish both the run and the pass against a very good Denton Ryan defense? Key number two, the Terminator. I'm talking about Drew Sanders, a do-it-all athlete for Denton Ryan. I don't know if the Terminator is actually his nickname, but it feels like it should be because he feels like he has been sent from the future to destroy us. This guy can do a little bit of everything, and he does it really, really well. The Alabama commit is all over the field. In fact, uh, he has so many stats, I had to write them down on my clipboard. Uh, he has had seven receiving touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns, two and a half sacks, four tackles for loss, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery this season. Drew Sanders is going to be the best player on the field in this matchup. How does Birdville contain him? And key number three is the past the past. Last year, Lon Holbrook's Hawks had a fantastic year. They went 12-2, an outstanding year for Birdville. Uh, but both those losses came to Denton Ryan, once in the regular season and then once in a season-ending loss in the playoffs. Now, this is a new Birdville team, and it's a new Denton Ryan team. It's a new year, but... The question still remains, does Denton Ryan just have Birdville's number? Who am I picking? I'm going with Denton Ryan. Uh, not only do they have the single best player there in Drew Sanders, but I think that their ability to throw the ball with Seth Hennigan and run the ball with Imani Bailey is really going to lead the way for this Raiders attack. Not to mention, their defense has been absolutely sensational all year long. If Birdville's going to win this game, they're going to need the best defensive game they've had all year long. And they're certainly capable of doing that, especially at home. But for now, I think Denton Ryan finishes the year undefeated, wins their 50th straight regular season game. Give me the Raiders. Let's go to Houston. 7 o'clock Friday night at Tomball ISD Stadium. At least a share of the District 14-6A crown is on the line as the Tomball Memorial Wildcats welcome in the Cy Ranch Mustangs. Where are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, Ranch is running. Uh, so... I'm not a big believer in the idea that you have to establish the run to win the game. I think really it's kind of the other way around, that you run the ball when you're winning as opposed to you win because you're running the ball. But at the same time, the numbers for Cy Ranch are pretty stark as far as their success rate whenever they run the ball. In their seven wins this year, they're averaging 7.4 yards per carry behind running back Willie Eldridge. They've been fantastic. In their two losses, 4.3 yards per carry. I mean, that is just pretty stark. So the bottom line is, can Cy Ranch establish the run or will Tomba Memorial bottle them up? Key number two, Memorial's young stars. I think there's a fair argument to be made that Tomba Memorial is actually a year early this year at eight and one. They have been sensational, largely on the strength of a lot of underclassmen. Uh, quarterback Colton Marwell is just a junior. He has been sensational. Their star running back is sophomore Richard Rodriguez. Not to mention on the other side, Hayden Davis, a junior, leads this secondary. This is a team that is probably going to be even better in 2020 than they were in 2019. But the time is now. How do they step up on the big stage? And key number three, who needs it more? So this is the weird time of year here in week 11 where this game means different things to both teams. For Tombaugh Memorial, they're clinched. They have locked up everything that they can. They will be the top seed in the Division II bracket out of District 14-6A. They can win a million to nothing or lose a million to nothing. Doesn't matter what happens in this game. For Cy Ranch, 
there's a lot on the line. If they win this game, they will be the top seed in the, of the Division I bracket out of District 14-6A. That's very good. If they lose this game, depending on how Cy Woods versus Bryan shakes out, they could drop to the second seed in Division I. And you're probably thinking, well, Tepper, what, what does that actually mean? What that means is that Cy Ranch, if they lose this game, will probably be on the Allen side of Region 2, meaning that they would run into the Eagles a lot earlier than they want to. There's a lot on the line for Cy Ranch. For Tomball Memorial, not so much. So, how does that affect this game? Who am I picking? I'm going with Cy Ranch. I think that what we haven't mentioned about Cy Ranch is their outstanding defense led by Christian Richards at the safety spot. I think that he will be a difference maker on this defense going up against this high-powered Tomball Memorial attack. I think this game comes down to whether or not Cy Ranch can run the ball. If they're able to run the ball, then that makes their offense way more explosive and way more dangerous. This Tomball Memorial defense is capable of taking away the best thing that you do, but I want to see what happens when the lights shine the brightest. I think this game is close, and this game has a chance to come down to the fourth quarter. But for now, I think Cy Ranch brings home a win. Let's go to the Coastal Bend, 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Sandcrab Stadium in Port Lavaca. The district title is on the line as the Corpus Christi Cal Allen Wildcats take on the Port Lavaca Calhoun Sandcrabs. And there is history on the line as well. Phil Danher, the head coach at Cal Allen, can win his 400th game with the Wildcats, becoming the first coach in Texas high school football history to win 400 games at one school. What an accomplishment that would be, but he's going to have to earn it against a very good, very dangerous Port Lavaca Calhoun offense led by quarterback Connor Kessler and their outstanding running back Steve Johnson. This team is really explosive for a team that really only runs the ball. The key matchup in this one is going to be the Cal Allen defense led by Riggs Barrett going up against this high-powered Calhoun attack. I actually think this game has a chance to be pretty high scoring, but in the end, you don't pick against the all-time winningest coach in Texas high school football history. Give me Cal Allen. 7 o'clock Friday night at Texan Drive Stadium in New Caney. It is the battle line on 59 as the New Caney Eagles take on the New Caney Porter Spartans. And look, this rivalry game has a bit of a stark difference in star power. All the star power seems to be on the New Caney side. Quarterback Zion Childress has been unbelievable, and the outstanding linebacker Derek Harris leads what has been an excellent New Caney defense. Now going up against Porter, which maybe doesn't have the headline grabbers, but man, they are so sound in everything that they do, especially on the defensive side, led by Zion Bell. This is a fantastic rivalry matchup, but one key thing to note, Porter has never beaten New Caney. Can they get the first one this year? I don't think so. I like New Caney. And 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Ratliff Stadium in Odessa. One of the great rivalries in Texas high school football is renewed as the Midland Lee Rebels take on the Odessa Permian Panthers. You know, Permian's had a bit of an up-and-down year, but I still believe there's a lot of talent on this squad. I feel like they have a really high ceiling. Their quarterback, Easton Hernandez, has really flashed at times this year, and I think that he is capable of having a big game. Now going up against Midland Lee, who's undefeated, looking for an outright district championship and looking for uh, the 10-0 season. Uh, led by their outstanding wide receiver, Loic Fungi. He has been unbelievable. And don't forget their quarterback, Michael Serrano. He has been terrific as well. The underrated thing about Midland Lee, their defense has been crushing people. I think that is the difference in this all-time great rivalry matchup. Give me the Rebels. But those are far from the only big games in the final week of the Texas high school football regular season. Let's get to the lightning round. I like Edinburgh Vela over Westlaco East. Give you Wellington to beat Wheeler. And I like El Dorado in a close one over Cristoval. 
New Deal bounces back with a win over Sundown. Round Rock beats Cedar Park, Vista Ridge, and don't ask me what that means for District 13 6A. And I like Crane over Alpine. Huge game in San Antonio. I like Converse Judson to beat Sheriff Clemens in a close one. Pflugerville Weiss brings home a district championship with a win over Brenham. And in the big game out west, I like El Paso Parkland over Canatillo. Rogers over Clifton, Orangefield over Anahuac, and give me Argyle to keep rolling with a win over Salina. Flower Mound Marcus beats Louisville in the other Battle of the Axe. Give me Mejia to beat Lorena in that wild Central Texas district. And I like Joaquin to beat Harleton. Game we've had circled since the beginning of the season. I like Hamlin to beat Albany. Give me Laredo United over Laredo Alexander. And I like Lane Passes to beat Fredericksburg. El Campo over Columbia. Hooks over Atlanta? Maybe? I don't know. That district is so crazy. And give me Edna over Vanderbilt Industrial. Denison needs it, and I think they get it. Give me the Yellow Jackets to beat Denton Braswell. Give me Honeygrove to finish the regular season undefeated with a win over Rivercrest. And I like Odom to beat Corpus Christi London. College Station beats Magnolia. West Santa Maria beats Freer. And Cedar Hill beats DeSoto. La Jolla Palmview stays hot with a win over Brownsville Veterans Memorial. Sudan finishes the year undefeated with a win over Farwell. And Abilene Cooper finishes the year undefeated with a win over Amarillo. Eastland over Jim Ned. Newton over Anderson Shiro. And give me Needville to get by ceiling. San Antonio Madison beats San Antonio Johnson. Hawley beats Ozona. And in our six-man game of the week, it's a good one. I like Balmeray to get by Rankin. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games did I leave out? Leave comments down below. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DTTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash DaveCampbells. Follow us on Instagram at DaveCampbells, and of course see us at TexasFootball.com, where you can find complete coverage of the 2019 Texas High School Football Playoffs at TexasFootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy the final week of the Texas High School Football regular season. We'll see you. There it is, the picks. High School Football Predictions for Week 11, the final week of the regular season of Texas High School Football. As always, here's a stone-cold guarantee. I got at least one of those right. And by the way, somebody, I can't, oh, I'm very sorry. Somebody crunched the numbers for me and let me know that the odds, let me see if I can find, I think it was in a DM. Um, yes, okay, it was Bill Bullock. Bill Bullock uh, did an excellent job. He did the numbers for me. The odds of me missing all 40 games that I pick are 1 in 1.1 trillion. So honestly, I would love to go over, over 40. Yeah, that's, yeah. That would be remarkable. Uh, but sadly, I can guarantee you, I got at least one of those right. Uh, so can we tell like a funny, like little behind the scenes story about the picks too? So obviously, my job is to edit the picks video after he shoots them. But for whatever reason, there was a car alarm outside our office that went off oh for like God. it was. I mean, not like, not exaggerating, at least seven or eight minutes. And so we're editing it and Tepper. And I'm just sitting there like. He's just sitting there the whole time waiting. And then it, for about 30 seconds, the car alarm stops. And so he takes a deep breath. And then 30 seconds later, it goes right back on. And he just goes, gah. And he just looks around like, who's is I don't. This? I don't think I said gah. You said, yeah, no, I was I trying to I keep said, it PG. I think I said a word. I think I said a word that I can't <laughs> say on this program. And then he just stares at the yeah. camera. It was so great. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. I had fun editing that one. Anyway, but I did inform her. And I, I'm sure you guys informed her in the comments that we are going to pick all 352 games yeah. this week. So. So Buckle up, it playoffs are here, baby. <laughs> All right, we're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DTTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. We are joined in the studio... 
by Shahanjay Raja. Shahanjay Raja, our college football insider from Dave Hello. Campbell's Texas Football. How are you, man? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Pretty amazing how you grew hair and then took it back off again. Weird, I, right? I and three works. outfit changes. And and three three outfit, outfit oh changes in this. A lot of costume changes. <laughs> I, He's a diva. I want to be on Broadway, so uh, that's it. Uh, it's good to have you Yeah. because we need a college football expert for this. America's well, favorite segment. No. It's free money! Did you just knock your knock headphones off? Headphones. <laughs> you, yeah, see, so it's, time to, well, it's time to be again. done with that. Free money! No, not twice, well, well, please. Free no. money. You came to the right place. I do know at least a couple of college football experts. That's great. Uh, I'll yeah. try and get them on the line. Yeah, let's try it. We'll <laughs> see if we can get them done. Uh, Shahan J. Raj is here for free money. Our college football picks get to spread. Look, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm going to look at you directly on the camera. Can I get camera one? Mm, it's free money. I don't think so. <laughs> Not a great week last week, guys. <laughs> Two, five, and one. It's rough. And in fact, and this we is true. Love it. I started off zero and five, and wow. I'm sitting there going, "Oh no!" Wow. Oh man! Oh, no. And then the the but, one rule that he was like the guaranteed rule of free money all the time: don't bet against UTEP covering the spread in North Texas. And it happened. And it happened. And it yeah. made my heart but, real happy. But we did get. But then we rallied. We won. We won two <laughs> of the last three. And SMU. SMU, by virtue of going for that two-point conversion, Hell yeah. screwed me into a push. Hell yeah. Uh, so I, that's why I, I was going to be three and five, which would have been like, oh, okay, that's, you know, not great, but fine. You know what I mean? Two, five, and one's rough. Anyway, I'm 42, 31, and four on the year. Um, 41, 32, and four. So I should nine probably keep track of mine, but I don't. Yeah. You know, and therefore, you can't be mad at me. Because you have better things to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, don't we all? So uh, we've got eight games this week. Yep. Um, a lot. The, the thing about this week, though, a lot smaller spreads. Last year, last yeah. week was a bunch of huge spreads. You're right. just wondering uh, what we're gonna do. This feels like it may be a little bit more manageable because of that. So, or maybe not. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing that I'll say: great week of football. Last game starts at 3 p.m. Yeah, but guys, if <laughs> you get you, it yeah. over with, if you've got evening plans, you're set, man. The week you my, are. My set. parents ask, "Hey, uh, are you free to to do something in the evening?" And I'm like, "No, it's Saturday." And then I and then you look at and you go, "All right, let's go." I am. We can go to dinner. <laughs> All yeah. right. Uh, it's it's a bunch of it's it's really front loaded. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Ashley, what's our first game? Um, up first we have here it comes and there it is East Carolina at 25 SMU in Dallas 11 a.m. Saturday SMU favored by 21 and a half. So here's the thing about East Carolina. Yeah. They're not good. Correct. I don't know if that's a real hot take. It, it is not. That's not a that's <laughs> not a hot take. East Carolina's bad. Yeah. Uh, they're quite bad. In fact, if you look at uh Bill Conley's S P plus, even though they're three and six, yeah. um, they are a hundred and ninth in S P plus. They are quite bad at everything. Correct. Um they they don't really do anything particularly well. Um and so that that to me the the line feels about right there on that. It's twenty two and a half, which makes me nervous only because I like the more round number. Or twenty one and a half. Yeah. Um, if you can tease that thing down to 21, I would do it. But th- here's the bottom line of it. This is a good SMU team coming home mm-hmm. that I think should have a little bit of revenge on its mind and be like, you know what, let's let's get that taste out of our mouth. Let's go out there and beat up on a team we're a lot better than. I think they do that. If you can tease that thing down to 21, that's probably the play. But I will take SMU minus 21 and a half. I think they just come home and they I think they take care of business. Yeah, yeah, and I think this is going to be a big game for their defense too. I think that they're going to be really motivated after mm-hmm. what happened last week. Uh, I, and I have a 30-second soapbox that I need to jump on. Here are the 30-second soapbox is Shahan. Why is SMU ranked behind Boise State and Navy? 
Because you look at Boise State's schedule, right? They have a loss to BYU. Not a terrible loss, but a loss. Hmm. They don't have a win anywhere near as good as what, uh, you know, Temple or TCU or anything like that. And then Navy and SMU have basically played the same schedule. Both lost to Memphis, except you replace Air Force with TCU. Yeah. I, I just don't understand. Like, it just feels like crazy overreaction. And that, that I mean... Trust me, I have a lot more about this on the Republican football, which you should check out. But Good um, tease. Yes, but... Uh, <laughs> Plug I, it. <laughs> it is... I know that I should not care about the playoff rankings, and I know that You're this right. is just whatever. <laughs> but every year, every year they do this, and uh, I just don't understand why SMU would be penalized for losing by six points to a really good team on the road like this. Yeah. I listen. You have my you have my yeah. full support in this take. You have my full support. Yeah. So and, and for me, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, I, I think that SMU's it's going to be a cathartic experience. A vengeful SMU yeah. team. Yeah. I like that because yeah. they've been able to get by without being super focused mm-hmm. at times. I think they're going to come out very focused. I this think week. you're right. What's next, Ashley? Up next, we'll head over to the Big 12. It's Shahan's favorite Baylor Bears. Number 12 taking on TCU. Excuse me. I am a UTEP fan. Yeah, I'm a Rice fan. Baylor is favored by sad. two and a half. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a right. Texas fan. So, it just gets worse. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. In a vacuum, very good line. Yeah. Very good line in this one. In a vacuum. Because TCU and Baylor's always a weird game. It's always very tight. TCU tends to play its best game against Baylor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Baylor's going on the road. Did not look good the last time we saw no. them. Uh, there's a lot to like about maybe taking TCU in this game. And you know TCU wants to hand them their first. 100%. Nobody. Gary Patterson's going to have his boys ready. Yeah. Let's talk about the quarterback situation. (laughs) Well, even before the quarterback situation, this line was a little weird to me. Yeah. Because what West Virginia was able to do last week to cause Baylor some issues was get to the quarterback. Mm -hmm. And TCU does not get to the quarterback at all. Um, And now, uh, if you haven't looked at textfootball.com, so their starter, Max Duggan, probably will play but has some sort of hand injury we're not sure whether it's a ligament whether it's a broken finger but it's a significant injury on his throwing hand on his throwing hand not ideal yeah not great again he's probably gonna play because here's why their backup michael collins Mm -hmm. has like an internal injury and uh can't play yikes alex delton quit the team yes justin rogers announced he was transferring last week yes Matthew Baldwin just threw a football for the first time on Sunday. Okay. <laughs> so so Rough. if if Max Duggan can't play, so their options right now, if are Max Duggan injured Max Duggan, right, and the alternative is George, former Georgia quarterback who was a walk on at both schools, Matthew Downing, who completed fifty eight percent of his passes at Alpharetta High School, and and like actually got in at Georgia, like you know got in in, in garbage mm-hmm. time. Also, still a walk on, still hasn't played yeah. a meaningful snap of football at the college level uh not great yeah not great and I mean the fact that the fact that even I mean we're talking about Max Duggan maybe having like a major finger injury and having to play still yeah kind of says a whole lot about uh, I, I would that say situation so. well the, I mean look here the, ultimately the the game will, will probably come down to now it was always yeah. going to come down to this but it's probably going to come down to whether or not TCU can run the ball and and the problem for TCU is that Baylor we can certainly talk about the things Baylor doesn't do well. Right. One of the things they do very well stop the run. Yeah, yeah, they've been elite stopping the yeah. run this mm-hmm. year. And and the other thing too is that you know Baylor's been really good at getting to the quarterback too. Mm-hmm. So like, if you're going to tell me that Max Duggan maybe can't throw a football 
And also, uh, he can't hang on to the ball because Baylor's going to get to him. And also, maybe he can't hand the ball off to the running back. I just... This seems I, like a bad matchup. I, I don't know what exactly TCU's going to do. Now, let's be totally clear. TCU has a very good chance of winning this game because this is Baylor TCU and stupid stuff happens to make TCU win. <laughs> I was at that 16-9 game last year where Jalen Rager broke away for two touchdowns out of the Wildcat. I was, I've it's seen the, things. It's the, it's the Texas version right. of El Asico. Right. It's just weird. <laughs> it's weird. Um, again, when I'm looking at this matchup objectively, I don't understand how it could possibly be this low a line. Yeah. Um, and it hasn't moved since uh, since Duggan, mm-hmm. you know, it was announced that he was injured. But yeah, I mean, you all, you also have to take into account that Gary Patterson just does some things, and boy, does that man love beating Baylor. He really does. Yeah. Uh, but I'm taking Baylor minus two and a half. Are you yeah. taking Baylor minus yeah. two and a half? Yeah. Like the numbers say that. Like mm-hmm. at this point, you would have to be talking yourself into weird football, which I'm totally able to yeah. do. And, and there, <laughs> which which will happen at yes. times uh, for sure. And I'll be there. So if you uh, if if you see me at the game, come say hi. Yes. What's next, Ashley? Perfect. Up next, we have another Big 12 matchup. Texas Tech heading out to West by God, Virginia. 11 a.m. on Saturday. Tech favored by two and a half again. Uh, so the thing about West Virginia is, again, just like not very very good. Yeah. Um, they're just not a, a very good football team. Yeah. They are at home, which is certainly helpful because nobody likes to go to West Virginia. Um, this is a team that strikes me as a team that, that like, and they've always been like this. Maybe not always. But I, when I think of West Virginia, I think about offense, defense will figure it out, right? Kind of like, in a lot of ways, kind of like Texas Tech in that way. Um, uh, not as bad as Texas Tech. Not as bad as Texas Tech. Yeah, not no. stark. But here's the problem. The offense just has, has not come yeah. along for them. Uh, that's a big problem for them. Now, their defensive line is really good. Their defensive line is very good. And that's going to be the big the big question in this matchup is can, uh, can TCU, or rather can Tech, uh, protect Jeff Duffy. Yeah. Can they can they establish any sort of running game with Sir Roderick Thompson? Uh, that is to me going to be the big matchup in this game. In the end, though, I think you go with the team that is playing a little bit better right now, and that's Texas Tech. I yeah. mean, I think that this is a team that that um, look. We can certainly talk about wh- what they don't do well, but I think that every t- I think when they have the ball, they're going to have an advantage, especially if they're able to run the ball. Because the other thing, West Virginia's like you mentioned, West Virginia gets to the quarterback, and that's yeah. true. Tech doesn't give up a ton of sacks. No, no. And if West Virginia doesn't get to the quarterback, they get torched in the secondary. Right, right. And so that was the, I mean, basically what happened last week against Baylor was West Virginia was able to get to the quarterback, and that's what that's what cut the legs out from underneath the the, uh, the, um, the Baylor offense. Right. West Virginia is going to come after Jet Duffy, but the Texas Tech offensive line is a lot better right now than Baylor's offensive line, at least pass protection. Yeah. And that should be the, the key that I think jumpstarts Texas Tech to a win. I like Tech minus two and a half. Yeah, yeah. And so I was a little surprised that uh, that Tech was favored in this game. Not because I think that Tech is the worst team. I mean, I think they are three points better than West Virginia. But just mm-hmm. because Tech's coming off a of bad loss, West Virginia is coming off a really good performance against a good team. The game is in Morgantown, which is a tough place to get to. So I was... A little surprised that the numbers ended up being on Tech's side, but I do think that Tech's going to win the game. I mean, they've had a week off. I have mm-hmm. a lot of faith in that coaching staff. Um, you know, they're only going to get healthier on the offensive line, which I think is a big deal in this game, of course. Uh, and and look, Jet Duffy's kept getting better. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, he's had his issues. He's turned the ball over. That's been a, tr- a problem for him, but he has kept getting better. And I don't also think that this West Virginia secondary is the one that's going to be able to t- force a ton of takeaways, right. uh, you know, get him in trouble. So, and, and the other thing too is that he's done a good job of 
rushing and scrambling in the right situations. You know, that's something that I think he's really improved on from last year. And I think that's something that will really be able to break West Virginia's contain a little bit and cause some issues. Here's the funny thing about this game yeah. that I think is really interesting. Third downs. Yeah. Both West Virginia and Tech are terrible at converting third down. <laughs> and both West Virginia and Tech are terrible at stopping third down. <laughs> something's so something's, something's going to happen. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, I have a lot more faith that Jet Duffy's going to figure out that third down stuff than that Austin Kendall is. Because I'll tell you what. I watched, uh, I, I watched live as West Virginia struggled to get <laughs> 200 yards against Baylor a week yeah. ago. And I also think same deal, like like, uh, like we were talking about with SMU. I think that this is an opportunity for Tech to come out defensively and have a big game and cause some issues And uh, because they're going to be motivated. They've had a week off. They've had a week to think about it. They've had a week to game plan. I think they might be able to really, really shut down this team. What's next, Ashley? Uh, real fast, a yeah. really cool little stat that was <laughs> given out that. that I feel like I would be really impressed if either of you knew this one. Okay. Um, Sam Fowler, weird football. Baylor is 0-4 on natural grass under Matt Rule. <laughs> you know, it's, mm. it's kind of weird. Can either of you say that you hey, actually knew that stat? Like off the top I did of not head? know that stat, but... That was from Sam Fowler. You wrote the, the TCU preview, right? For yeah, the magazine? I, I did, And yes. didn't Gary Patterson bring up the grass? He talked a lot about grass. Go back and read your Dave Campbell's Sex Football <laughs> if you haven't. Yeah, yeah, he was very excited about this grass. The one thing I'll say, though, okay, I'm trying to think of the Big 12 teams that use grass. Iowa State uses grass. Mm-hmm. TCU obviously uses grass, so that's I knew this two point. losses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> does Oklahoma use grass? No. no, they're turf. No, they're, they're turf. turf. That's to, fine. I'm trying to remember who else. Let's move on. Come on. Yeah. What's yeah, next? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, up next, we've got UTSA at Old Dominion, 1 o'clock on Saturday. I don't ODU. know. I'd rather talk about turf than this yeah. game. <laughs> ODU favored by four at home. Um, if you want to talk about <laughs> disrespect, yeah. Old yeah. Dominion is 1-8. and eight. Yeah. And they are catching four points at home. And their one win is over Nor- Norfolk State. But, I mean, what you've got is a really interesting clash of the movable object against the resistible force. Because when Old Dominion has the ball, yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, Because Old Dominion is super bad offensively. Right. And UTSA... Quite bad defensively. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. The other side of the ball is probably where Old Dominion has an advantage. Yeah. Their defense is bad, but not horrifying. Right. UTSA, their offense is very, very bad. So, to me, that's where I I lean towards, I hate to say it, but Old Dominion. Uh, Being at home, you're asking UTSA to go on the road uh, to Virginia. Uh, Early kickoff on an East Coast game. Changing time zones. It's going to be body clocks. going to be weird. Uh uh, I would yeah, that's say, the furthest Conference USA school. Yeah, and I would also say, consider this, just had daylight savings, so their body clock's already messed up. Wow. My, mine is. I that's can tell gal- you that. Much. Mine is all over the place. <laughs> I like right Old now. Dominion minus four. Has there ever been a team with multiple wins over FBS opponents to be underdogs against two teams that have not beaten any FBS opponents? Because hmm. Norfolk State only has a three-point win over an FCS opponent, and then they were underdogs against Rice, too. Yeah. I think that... UTSA is really bad, but I think that Sincere McCormick is the best player on that field. Okay. I think that he's going to be able to cause some issues. Now, Old Dominion, like you said, isn't a horrible defense, mm-hmm. especially against the run. They're not mm-hmm. bad. But I do think that uh, that UTSA might be good enough defensively. Not great, but but like good enough defensively to really just prevent Old Dominion from doing anything of, of value. 
Uh, this is going to be a terrible football game. I think I teased it three times. 1 p.m. on ESPN3. Make sure you turn it on. Um, but... <laughs> But I think that UTSA knows that they only have a couple opportunities for wins this season. And I think that um, I know it's on the road, but cool. A Norfolk crowd. Hey, man. Uh, I mean, uh, ODU you almost burned down their entire city when they beat so someone last year. You don't who, need who to. is that someone, Ashley? I'll look it up. <laughs> you don't just you don't just walk into. Wait, do you really not remember who they beat last year on the. No. Listen. Oh, God. I, I thought you were joking. No, I really didn't remember. You don't yeah, just walk into SB Ballard us. Stadium and win. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Old Dominion minus four. What's next, Ash? <laughs> Give I'm me really, UTSA. Yeah. Okay. Uh, South Alabama at Texas State, 2 p.m. Saturday. Texas State favored by seven. Was it supposed to be seven and a half? You put it's seven six. and a half. Yeah, it's not seven point okay. six. Seven <laughs> and a half. Like, you put six. I was. I didn't think that was right. But I mean, anyway, at home, it, it is functionally the same right. as right. seven right. and a half. Seven yeah. and a little. Seven. Seven and a snitch. <laughs> um, okay. So this is a bad South Alabama team. Like yeah. a super bad South Alabama yeah. team. Like bad at everything. Uh, South Alabama team. Yeah. In fact. You are now going to be treated to two of the worst offenses in the nation, uh, squaring off against one another. Cool. Um, this is, but in the end, and Jake Spavitol was kind of talking about this yeah. in his in his press conference. Yeah, he was kind of alluding to it, but basically, he more or less said that if he if they lose this game, like it is going to be a disaster. Yeah. Uh, South Alabama is super bad. They're bad at everything. They are most especially bad um, offensively. So this game should be pretty low scoring, I would say. Um, but the thing for me is Texas State should, should, please be able to throw the ball a little bit. They yep. should be able to pass the ball a little bit on one of the very worst secondaries in the country. Oh, yeah. Take advantage of this. Come please. on, Texas State. I'm taking Texas State minus 7.6. Here's my issue, right? I think Texas State's going to win this game. Mm-hmm. What has Texas State done to be favored by eight against anybody? I agree with that. I mean, that's, that's ultimately, I just don't think that, Either of these teams has the ability to win by two scores. Like, I think Texas State could win by three. I think they could win by seven. Yeah. They're not going to win by more than seven. Okay. So, Texas State wins. I South can't Bama covers. Yeah. Okay. What's next, Ashley? Uh, back to Conference USA. We've got Charlotte at UTEP 2 mm. p.m. Saturday. Charlotte favored by 13 this on game, the road. This game makes me extremely God, sad. this three-game stretch is, is one of the worst brutal. I've ever seen. It UTSA at Old Dominion, gets- South Alabama at Texas State, Charlotte at UTEP. If... UTEP's offense is ever going to get into gear. It's now. Charlotte's because now Charlotte's not a terrible team. Yeah, they're not terrible, terrible like on no. the on and the level that we're kind of used to. Pretty good wins. About. Yeah, but their defense is horrifying. Yeah, their defense is very bad. Now here's the problem: Charlotte's going to score like a pretty fair amount in this game. Yeah, like, Charlotte's pretty good offensively. Um. And that's probably going to be enough, mm-hmm. uh, because even if you like, what would be what would be a, a good amount for UTEP to score in this game? Twenty one. Twenty one. If they scored yeah. twenty one, that would be like, oh, okay, that offense overachieved. Well, like what it's done for the rest of the year. You're asking the defense to hold this offense to, to thirty four. I just don't have. I I think it's I think it's had like thirty five twenty one written all over it. I'm going to go Charlotte minus. 13. I think you're forgetting something. It's redshirt season. Oh, it is redshirt season. Deion Hankins. Deion Hankins. <laughs> Gavin Hardison. We're going to get some new bodies in there. Does it matter? I don't know. Probably not. But you know what? <laughs> it's enough for me to uh, to go on our UTEP rule and get them to okay. only lose by 10. Okay. Again, I, I, I same deal with Charlotte. They've won some big games the last two mm-hmm. weeks, obviously. I don't 
think that they have done enough against anybody to be favored by two touchdowns. I think I agree with that. What's next, Ash? <laughs> Up next, we will head to the Big 12. A very good matchup, actually. Number 16, Kansas State, heading down to DKR, taking on Texas, 2.30 p.m. Saturday. Texas favored by seven uh, at home. I have to, I have to say something Go. about this game, too. Launch into it. Why <laughs> is Texas favored by a touchdown against this team? Like, I don't think that that Kansas State is as good as number 16 Agreed. by any means. Agreed. But I do know that Texas has struggled against teams that can move the ball, against teams that can attack the edge, against teams that can get to the second level, which Kansas State proved they could do in their last game. Uh, Texas hasn't really beaten anybody that convincingly, especially the good teams that they played this year. And Kansas State, I mean, it was under Bill Snyder, but they've had their number in Austin. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Kansas State probably has covered, like, the last 10 games that they've played against Texas. I don't understand why this line is seven. I mean, it it just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I think Texas could very well win this game. But beating them by more than seven, I mean, I don't know about that. I 100% agree with you on everything. I, I just, I this line strikes me as a little bit, like... A little overcooking it. I think I think I think it's okay for Texas to be a favorite. Right? Yeah. Like for example, Texas um, by three. Yeah, Texas by three. I, I think that that would be fine. But Texas by seven seems like a lot, uh, yeah. especially against a Kansas State team that is playing pretty good ball right now. The big question for me is going to be: Can Texas run the ball? Yeah. Because that seems to be the weakness in this Kansas State defense is their is their kind of front seven. Um, can they run the ball? This feels like a game Sam Ellinger is going to carry the ball 25, 30 times. I think, I think they're going to lean on him and say, well, you got to carry us to a win. I think Texas wins, but I don't think they cover. Yeah. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Kansas state plus seven, plus seven, but I think that Texas wins the game outright. Yeah. The big thing for me, and, and again, I do think Texas wins by again, three or less, uh, but the big thing with me is that Kansas State proved against Oklahoma that if they can find an inefficiency on your defense, they can ride it all day long. Yeah. Right. And for Texas, setting the edge has been an issue for them this year. And obviously just general pass defense has been an issue for them. And mm -hmm. Kansas State has a couple of game breakers on that team, not to mention, obviously, what they can do on special teams. And so if you are looking at these two teams, you're waiting for one of them to make a mistake. And Texas is going to be the team that makes a mistake. Kansas State is not going to make mistakes. I agree so, with that. So I just think that Kansas State, I, I just don't know how you can look at this game and think, ah, Texas is going to run away with this game. Yeah. I just don't understand that at I, all. I, I agree with that. The numbers point to a close game. And so I yeah. think Texas wins the close game, but I think that I think can, it's, it's still a close game, so it's, it's got to be close a touchdown. Um, yeah, and granted, if Texas goes out and blows them out, hell yeah, we're back. <laughs> yeah. Texas is back. Texas is back. <laughs> and finally, Ashley. Finally, the Mean Green heading over to Louisiana Tech, 3 p.m. on Saturday. La Tech favored by five and a half at home. Can I be honest? I think this is the toughest game to call this week. Yeah. Um, this is a really, really tough game to call because what is... Because North Texas needs it. What is North Texas offensively, right? That is the big question, is yeah. what is North Texas offensively? Um, last week, stunning. Like, th that's what you should look like. Uh, going up against a Louisiana, Louisiana Tech defense, that is not amazing, but is solid. Like, they're solid. The big problem for me and where I run into trouble is that when Louisiana Tech has the ball, whether they're throwing the ball or whether they're running the ball, I think they're going to have a lot of success. This is a game that if North Texas is going to win this game, it's got to be a shootout, Yeah, in my opinion. Um, the, big, the big key in this one is they got to keep Mason Fine clean, Got to make sure he has time to throw. It's up to the offensive line again. And again, the weird thing is that North Texas's sack rate is not 
like offensively is not terrible. In fact, yeah. it's pretty good. And Louisiana Tech does not get after the quarterback, which is a good a good sign there. But like, but they does. I wish there was like a pressure stat because it seems like Mason Fine is always having to hurry throws. He yeah. gets them away. I mean, He's very uh, good at getting them away. A lot of those are Mason line. Fine just keeping things alive. Exactly. This is going to be a really interesting test for this offensive line that is not against a defense that does not get pressure on the quarterback. They do not get pressure on the quarterback. Mason Fine should have time to throw. In the end, though, you're asking North Texas to go on the road. At, and it's their homecoming. And it's their home. Okay. Even, even more so. I like Louisiana Tech minus five and a half. I think they win by about a touchdown. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, but to me, this isn't a tough game to call. Oh, really? I think that Louisiana Tech can take advantage of everything that North Texas is bad at because mm. they have – a quarterback who's performing as well as anybody in Conference USA right now in Jamar Smith. Um, you know, and they have blown out teams too. You know, you look at their previous results, beat UTEP by 21, beat Southern Miss by 15, obviously beat, you know, UMass by 48, beat FIU by 12, beat Bowling Green by 38. Like they have dominated teams this year. Mm-hmm. And I just look at this North Texas secondary, which has been a huge issue all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they haven't been able to get much of anything going. And I just think that Louisiana Tech's going to blitz them. And I think that they're going to potentially go up big. And and don't get me wrong. I mean, Mason Fine still might be the best player in this game. But I just don't see... But like the but the second, third, fourth, fifth belong. Yeah. It, it, again, I'm just so worried about this North Texas defense. I don't think that they can do much of anything. And Louisiana Tech plays good defense. You know, they are able to get stops. And, and here's the issue. If Louisiana Tech gets three stops... That, that might, might be, be 14 enough. points, yeah. you know? And so, and the other thing too, is that I do think that if North Texas gets into this game at all, it, it's still a shootout. And so then you're talking touchdowns, not field goals. So then seven is easy to me. Yeah. Um, you know, if the line was seven and a half, maybe I'd think about it. I, I just don't Five feel like I have to think yeah. about it. Those are your free money picks. I like SMU minus 21 and a half at home against East Carolina. I like Baylor minus two and a half at TCU. I like Texas Tech minus two and a half at West Virginia. I like Old Dominion minus four at home against UTSA. I like Texas State minus seven and a half at home against South Alabama. Please cover that Texas State. Otherwise, <laughs> it's just going to have a lot of heartburn. Uh, Charlotte minus 13 at UTEP. I like Kansas State plus seven at Texas, although I like Texas to win outright. And I like Louisiana Tech minus five and a half at home against North Texas. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts? Um, one person, Allison Brown said, uh, is Tepper going to fuss with Shahan for leaving his stuff lying around? I thought that one was yeah. funny. What's the flying? Uh, all the stuff was all over the place. Excuse Fight. me. We all come in here the half place. the time Fight. and this is still hooked up place. to all the other stuff. All over the place. Excuse mm. me. Also, you had that like hidden in here. I had to like go searching <laughs> all over the room for it. Oh, Just man. Saying. Just saying. Oh, man. Blow oh, up your spot. We love instigating. Also, also when are Here these coffee go. cups from? Uh, do we really want to start this conversation? I got to give it to him with the coffee cups. The coffee cups are part of the aesthetic. <laughs> are <gross>. they? <laughs> are they? Yes. <laughs> coffee cups, the trash. Part of the charm. All of it's part of the charm. <laughs> uh, uh, whose water bottle is this? Matt Steps. Whose popcorn is I this? I thought. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to start this conversation. You're saying. You're that, that should that should just be the fine. I'm, I'm okay. fine with that. That's being an ender. The end of the final <laughs> thoughts. I enjoyed that. Good job, Allison. Thank you for instigating that. That's uh, gonna do it for us. Yeah. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, <laughs> facebookcom campbell Follow us on Instagram, instagramcom campbell And of course, CSTextFootball.com for Ashley Pickle and Shahan J. Raja. I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please be your player of the year trophy. We'll be back <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> for Mailback Friday on Texas Football Today. Listen, to the Republic of Football. You can see the popcorn. <laughs>